latest installment in the DigiQuest podcast. We're back. It's April. It's episode 11, right? Are we episode 11? Yes, episode Rick. Eight? It's episode 11. Episode 11? Are we sure about that? I'm 100% positive, you goof. Let's check the site real quick. Uh, what, what kind of intro is this exactly? It's not a great one, but it'll do. It Will it? Are you sure? <laughs> it'll do. We're only, it'll do we're only 45 seconds in. We could just it'll restart do her. it. It'll, it'll do her good and proper. Well, it'll do her good and proper. Uh, episode 11. I'm Rick. You heard Devin. Hello. Here we are. We're back. We're back. This we're one, in action. you might be listening on YouTube. Thank you, any YouTube listeners. This will we're be the first fresh. episode for you, essentially. We had done 10 prior and took like a month-long break. And here we are. We're back. We're juiced. <laughs> Season 2. Season 2, we're oh, juiced. We're, juiced. we're ready to go. Plenty's we're happened. juiced. We have, we have new uh, cardboard-based addictions to discuss. So that'll be... That's good. That's all good stuff. So we want, we want to get into it? We want to get let's, into this here? Let's get into it in the Digi, DigiCast episode 11. Let's go Magic the Gathering. Let's go Magic the Gathering. We play Magic now. We're Magic guys. For a moment, we're, we're magic like, men. Are we back? Mm, we're, no, we just started Magic instead. Yeah, we were in Yu-Gi-Oh. I wonder how much I can sell that Magnet deck for. Should I just keep the ma- the Magnet deck? Here's the thing. When Link Monsters come out, I am going to return to like looking at Yu-Gi-Oh for a little bit. Before I decide oh, yeah. what happens. I'll scope it. I'll scope it for sure. But, like, you know what's going to happen, though. Yeah, Like, you it, don't have to scope it to figure out what's going to happen. But if for, the, if for a few months the meta is a decent state, I might want to go in and get a couple games going. The thing, the thing about that is Dueling Book is online now. It's stable. It works. I can play Yu-Gi-Oh! for free whenever I want. My, my, my Trap Tricks deck, Rick could be yeah, I know. a winner mm. i'm ahead of my time they announced a new trap like... tricks card my goodness i don't i don't remember what it does anymore i think it searches a trap tricks monster could it's be better bad. could be better could be better but it's not bad considering we live in a time where everything has three effects this card has three effects and only one matters but anyways that's just how it works for me personally i always get the crappy end but that's you, you always get the crappy end my all the archetypes I go for get outclassed by everything else, and it's just silly. I have the opposite problem. I get real into an archetype before its broken support is released, and then that piece of broken support is like fifty bucks a pop, and I can't play the deck anymore. Happened to me with windups. I fu- I fucking loved windups when they first came out. They're like this really slow, grindy control thing. And then Hunter came out, and it was like, okay, now you can loop your opponent for all six cards in their hand, and it's like we, 70 sorry, bucks. we broke the game. We broke the game. It's not like what you else used happened to, it happened to me with either. Uh, either. We, just, we just completely said, sure, it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Freaking Konami. I mean, I, it's, it's, I, think there, I think there's an interesting article that I'm going to work on about design philosophy differences between Yu-Gi-Oh and Magic cuz I think if you look if you look at them there's some there's some pretty there's some pretty interesting kind of I think there's more comparisons than I thought there would be but the 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 contrasts are also kind of neat kind of cool yeah cuz doesn't Magic have they have like a a bible essentially how they design their cards Oh do they? I didn't I, know that. We'll have to double check but I think they have like a philosophy of how they design their cards so that they never kind of over just generally overpower previous cards and that's how they all kind of stay within the same space more or less let me let me ask let me ask those guys something did they uh misplace their bible when they created tarmagif tarmagoif hmm? i don't know what how that about is. that wizards it's essentially uh, a car a green card that makes every single modern green deck cost over $500 because a playset of Tarmogoyf is like 200 Well, Rick, they're not gods, okay? 
They're not gods. They but, created you know, the do, Harry Potter TCG a for something. a while. They are clearly flawed humans. Here's a quick question for you, and I, I want you to bear with me on this. Do we build Harry Potter TCG decks? I already have most of the cards, Rick. Uh, they're in my like closet. that were ever released? Well, mm, no, but I have a good amount. I, what are some of the staples? What do you, what do you got? Fluffy. Uh, Expecto Patronum. Um, Flipendo. Is Flipendo a canon spell? Because that was in all the video games, but nobody in the books or movies ever cast Flipendo. I'm going to assume no then. <laughs> It wasn't, but it was, well, I guess it kind of, it, the games needed, like, a spell that was, like, a, here's something to damage, I don't know, lawn gnomes with, or something. I don't fucking remember, but maybe Flipendo's in the card game. Here's the thing about the card game. The best creature is Fluffy, and that I plays. almost yeah. had a Fluffy in my day. I think he's, he's still, like, a $15 card. He's the most expensive card in the game. How on earth is a Harry Potter TCG card more than like fifty cents? It's it's rare now, Rick. Where they don't make them anymore. Yeah, but like, who's sitting, who's sitting around saying like I should collect all the Harry Potter TCG cards? I made a Weasley deck, and they played Quidditch. Fuck. <laughs> Just kidding. I was wrong. My, I totally understand why somebody would want to collect all these. So every every Harry Potter deck, you have to have, like, a leader card. And so in my Weasley deck, I had a... It was one card that was both uh, Fred and George Weasley. Fuck. And it was based... So the Harry Potter TCG is essentially a copy-paste of Magic the Gathering with some few changes. Um, and so Can I play a Dumbledore deck? You know, I don't remember. But I, I just remember... I remember building this this wild deck that just matched you remember, a bunch of cards. You remember together. that girl that uh, remember when Ron gets the love potion and he falls in love with that girl and they make out all the time. What was her name? Was it Lavender? I remember it was a weird name. It was. I feel like I feel it may like have been Lavender. Her last name was Lavender. I want to play a deck with her as my hero. Well, the Harry Potter TCG was cut off after Chamber of Secrets, so... Book or movie? Movie. Because when Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets came out, book four? Yeah, four was out, but I believe the I think that was before they made out. ...was based around the movie, where where they released it alongside with, like, the movie timing. I want to play a Tom Riddle deck. No... I want to play a Ginny Weasley. Now that is fun. I want to play. I want to play Ginny Weasley with the diary, because I feel like Ginny Weasley with the diary kind of got that edge, kind of got that crazed situation. To keep the goof up, you could do something with that. I might bring my cards tomorrow when we hang out to play Magic. Please bring those Harry Potter cards. I'm legitimately interested. Okay. Beyond uh, beyond the goof, I actually want to see. I think I deconstructed my sweet Quidditch deck that ran uh, like so the artifacts and magic. They I had these broom cards that they were my artifacts, and oh it was just God. all about Quidditch. And I was I was actually pretty good with it. I went to a card shop to play uh, Harry Potter once. Did you win? No, no. I got I got paired up with this. Um, this this older woman who uh, destroyed me. Really? She, and she was playing. Was her son with her? Uh, or boy, her daughter? No. no, she did give really? me a card though, for 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 my for my time. What card was it? Was it, it fluffy? Well, it was. So I wanted the fluffy. She gave me the fluffy adventure card, mm. which still cool, still good. Wasn't the one I wanted, but it was still pretty good because adventures. I think you can play like one adventure card. It's a, like, every turn this effect activates or something like that. And so the fluffy adventure yeah. card, I think, was, like, a burn card. Do, like, three damage every turn. It was decent. This card game sounds great. Yeah. yeah I mean, think TCG player has Harry Potter cards? Nope. Let's, I'm going to look it up real quick. We've gone down, we've see, gone down a rabbit hole, huh? We've gone down a rabbit hole... A real deep one. Quick note: TCG player does not have any Harry Potter cards nope, they to speak do, of. Nope, they don't. Do they? They don't. So that's unfortunate. I'll email TCG player tonight and 
ask them why they call themselves the one-stop shop for trading cards when they don't have Harry Potter. You think if I if I do a little little sleight of hand, I could sell mm. my Harry Potter cards to Justin and say they're magic cards? I think he'd buy that 110%. Because <laughs> he's been I buying cards like him, a madman, so... Just tell him it's a bulk. It's a bulk of. It's a bulk set of magic cards. Uh, they're older, cool so fa- the art's a little different. A little different fantasy theme going. It's a little. It was a child's based little uh, set they did. Very cool. Fifty bucks. Uh, Sixty. Sixty bucks. Good call. Yeah. Because we'll, he'll try and haggle we'll you. We'll bleed him dry. We'll bleed him dry. Oh boy. But anyways, we should probably get to the the main thing of this is that we're playing Magic the Gathering now. We play Magic the Gathering. We're going to start... I think I'm going to start doing some Magic articles. I think so, I so will, often. too. It's a lot I want to do some easier. stuff beyond deck techs. To, well, so. okay. So I'll be doing some deck techs for a while. It's a lot easier to do Magic deck techs than Yu-Gi-Oh deck techs. Just because in the modern format, there are so many options. Yeah, you can do some cool stuff. Whereas Yu-Gi-Oh is like, here's the eight decks that are played. Two of them are good. The rest are not worth it. And also, them. also literally any deck you make is going to have the same 10 to 15 staple cards that you have to run in every deck to make it even remotely viable. Do you know Maxi's at one now? It's about time. That card was stupid. Yeah, it's at one, and they reprinted it in one of the new structure decks, and for a slight moment, I went to TCG Player and put one in my cart, and I was like, you know, I don't, I need one if I'm going to do it. But I don't really need one. No. I mean, I I think I can safely say that I'm I'm after really getting into magic, I'm pretty much done with Yu-Gi-Oh. I see no reason to go back. Especially now that I've the only thing that kept me going back to Yu-Gi-Oh was um I liked the archetype based stuff. Mm-hmm. And I liked that I could keep playing the same archetype essentially as long as I wanted. But now that I'm kind of into modern that doesn't matter anymore. Like, I might build this sick werewolf deck. Fuck it. It's modern. Use whatever cards I want. It's true. Well, not at, well, most cards. I mean, like, 90% of the cards. For right. any of those Enough. who are listening that don't know about Magic, the competitive scene has different format. Is format the right term for this? Mm-hmm. Format? Okay. Yeah. So there's standard, which are the usually the current cards that they're selling in packs up to a certain point backwards. And then modern is kind of the free-for-all. Here's years after years of cards that you can just... I believe the current card pool is over is over 9,000 cards. Yeah. Then it's it's free game. Do whatever, build whatever you want. There's a couple banned there cards. Is a, but... There is a... Yeah, but considering, like, the fact that there's over 9,000 cards and the ban list is, like... like 20. Yeah, if that. Like, it's crazy. So, that's... And it's it's cool to have all those options, especially as people who haven't played it throughout the years. It The world is just open to me. Yeah. There are so many different... I've spent so much time building decks online, going from one to the next. I'm like, oh my god, look at all these concepts and how they play together. And before I know it, I've lost days of my life. But it's all worth. But it's all worth, and I'm going to work on my Eldrazi deck and build my Devotion to Red deck just to cream on some boys. Devin's going to work on his Eldrazi. I'm going to work on my blue-white control. And in two months, we're going to Vegas, baby. Well. We're maybe. going to Vegas. They do they do drafts at this thing, right? Oh, hell yeah. That would that would kind of be fun. Be very fun. It's, I'm, I Big believe the way it works is you pay... You pay a set fee to get into the event, mm-hmm. and then once you're in the event, I think you can draft as much as you can, you know, get into. Like, you can just draft all day. And you get to keep the cards that you draft? Still? I believe so. I believe Fuck so. wild. And it's I mean, Vegas. I mean, I will, I will say the entrance, I don't think, was super cheap. Of course but not, but it's Vegas. It's Vegas, baby. I'll go get some sort of alcoholic beverage with rum in it. Yeah. And then I'll draft. It's Vegas. Start fucking drafting Vegas, baby. It's Vegas. Do a little (laughs) twin-headed dragon with the lads. 
Ooh, I bet they'll have something like that going. They they have tons of side events. And this is this is a this this one we'd be going to would be a modern mm-hmm. GP. So I mean, none of us will make it past day one if we even play in the main modern tournament at all. I probably will. Give it a whirl. If I went, I would probably I'd try the day one modern stuff, lose, and then yeah. go straight into the next. And then go day straight into drafts. drafts and all the extra yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, we'll see. We'll see if I can afford it. I gotta save up in May, bud. I've got to save up. I've got the new Kato fig and her Nendroid coming in May, sir. That's gonna oh, run me fuck. about 150 combined. Fuck. So I forgot about that. I forgot about the fig. Ooh, do I have any figs pre-ordered? I should look on. I should check. <laughs> I should check on you that. You should probably get on that, Bucko. Where, where do I even pre-order from? Ami Ami. Yeah. Usually, right? Hobby cert. No, Hobby Ami Ami is the better site. No, I know, but like I'm trying to remember. I pre-order from both. Really? Yeah. I kind of. Let's see. Let's see what we got. Hmm order history right mm-hmm. let's, let's get the scoop here live what's rick uh-oh. Got pre-ordered? <laughs> uh-oh what'd you pre-order i forgot i pre-ordered i forgot i pre-ordered the barrett figure ah <laughs> oh, shit <laughs> that that final fantasy boy with the machine gun for an arm with a machine gun arm oh how much is he like 110 bucks. Jesus. <laughs> He's a boy. I think Rick. I I think I pre-ordered Cloud too. That's the worst He's, part oh, about this no. whole thing. Ricky's a boy. Oh though. no, no I didn't. No I didn't. How could I you pre-ordered spend that only type Barrett. of money on just a boy with a gun arm. I mean Barrett's my favorite character in Final Fantasy. He's my second favorite Final Nerd. Fantasy character ever. Who's your first? Vivi. Of course. It's always Vivi. It's always been Vivi. You hit me too fast. I was going to goon on you and say Sora from Oh, <laughs> not Kingdom a chance. Hearts. That's from Kingdom Hearts? Lulz. Technically, could you say that your favorite Final Fantasy character is now Goofy? Are they all part of the same canon? <laughs> can you... Can you feasibly, can you walk up to a person and say my favorite Final <laughs> Fantasy character is Goofy? I think you could probably try to squeeze it in there. I'm not actually sure what's worse, if to say if your favorite Final Fantasy character is Goofy or your favorite Final Fantasy character is Donald. It's Donald. Donald's the worst one. You can get a good laugh out of Goofy. Donald sucks. <laughs> My favorite Final Fantasy character is Donald Duck. He's, <laughs> he sucks. Like, there's no way around it. Oh, oh boy. boy. Jeez. That's good. That's potent. So yeah, now we know that I I have an expense. The thing is, I could just not get Barrett, but now that I'm looking at it, I want him. I do want him. Let's see. I'm checking my pre-order as well. Okay, cool. So I I had been wondering for the past week without taking the time to check if I pre-ordered the Rem figure. I did. So December. Mm. December's a rough time. It's Christmas time, but hey, I guess it's a gift to myself. Pre-order still open for that REM figure, or are they long gone? Probably um, long gone, right? I mean, I'm here. I'm, I'll check for you. you can Maybe I'll it. buy this Super Sonico figure. Don't. Oh, my God. Don't do that. <laughs> Super Sonico is literally the worst character ever created. I've said it about seven times to you, and I'll say it again. She's a cum dumpster. She's a cum this just makes me want to buy it more. Your words are having the opposite effect that you want. If I wasn't looking at spending upwards of $250 on a modern magic deck for Vegas, uh, I, I'm, you know, I might do it just to spite you. <laughs> so anyways, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of the DigiQu- DigiQuest podcast, we're playing Magic the Gathering. Anticipate articles coming in the future. Anticipate articles... Uh, quick, tentatively, in modern, I'm playing blue-white control. Uh, possibly merfolk, probably blue-white control, though. Um, standard right now, I'm playing vampires. Um, 
don't think that'll change. I like vampires. Um, might might up probably do, I I put the deck tech up there. I think I might do an updated deck tech that's not quite so budget because now that I'm like in it, I might drop a little money on the deck to make it, you know, real cheeky. I can dig it. Um, but we'll see. I'm more interested in modern right now than standard, honestly. For modern, I'm playing blue, black, colorless Eldrazi. And for standard, I have this uh, this white, green, red deck I built that I'm probably now, going don't, to sell. Now, don't lie, don't lie to the people. You're putting that on eBay for 30 bucks. Yes, I intend Don't lie to, to the listeners. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play against you a couple times tomorrow. And then I'm probably gonna ditch it because it, it's. I don't blame you for that because you really should have just built green red energy. Totally, 100%. But I was dedicated to this idea I had that, and I think considering I made a pretty solid deck. It's not. Gonna, I'm sure I'm, I haven't played against it yet, so it's I can't not gonna, say for sure. But I'm sure it is. Like competitive winning, but with the concepts I did, I created a deck that mm. to an extent works without any problems oh yeah do the do the mechanics stack up against the other stuff no but it all is cohesive it all comes together and it's mm. not a deck that people are out there diddling themselves to so i did it rick i did what our, our boy justin wishes he could do sorry justin <laughs> he doesn't listen no but he should he should it's the least he can do uh, but yeah, I'm gonna dedicate myself to my Eldrazi deck, and then maybe a Redburn deck for the goose. I really like. I think I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I think Redburn seems way more like dull than Eldrazi. Like Eldrazi's cool as shit. Eldrazi's gonna be my main. I think I already Eldrazi's said it in this fucking episode. Cool. The Redburn deck is just to upset people, just to fuck on them a little bit. I get that because it's awful. It's awful when someone just drops. I, the version I would like to play is the Devotion to Red, so I drop my uh, Fanatic of Mogius. I think that's Mogi, I think, Mogi. is his name, isn't it? Yeah, and just burn them outright for 5 to 10 damage, depending on my Devotion. Like, you want me to link you to the um, to what they're doing for the modern burn stuff? Sure. I'll link it to you. It's It's, I mean... It's modern, so actually, I guess if you take out the Eidolons of the Great Revel, not that expensive. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm just going to build a cheap little one. And then just I'm build just a cheap little, little boy. That's gonna be Goblin fun. Guides, maybe some Monastery Swift Spears, I don't know. And Fuck then it. when they're all salty, I'm going to bring out the Eldrazis and capitalize on their salt and just And then make them, them even the saltier. <laughs> boy, trading card games are fun. Trading card Don't games let anyone tell are you different. really fun. They're very expensive, but they're also very fun. Especially, we have a, a a decent group of people together that they're not all playing competitive, but we have enough people that we know right now with Magic that we could have some fun. Yeah, we've got four people Dom consistently. Convince Jamie to try to buy some cards instead of weed. I'm not gonna put out uh keep up much hope for that but no not at all but i did uh while he was on his break i was like here's my eldrazi deck dog dig in dig in this is uh a different kind of drug yeah (laughs) it's actually it's actually more expensive than the weed that you're buying (laughs) yeah but not not across his entire life though to be honest Uh, true yeah true so but yeah Magic the Gathering, good times for all. Sam will play Magic. She's not going to feel a little Sam burnt out by the fact that she bought a Yu-Gi-Oh deck? Oh, she does. But I've to- I told her I told her we'll keep playing Yu-Gi-Oh with her, even though that's probably not true. So we can get I mean, her to I, buy a Magic I deck. I carry my Yu-Gi-Oh deck with me when I bring my Magic card, so. Yeah, we'll do a little bit for fun. Because I, I, like I still my like my, I like my Magnet, boys. Yeah. My, my Magnet Trap Tricks deck? wild you should bring that because dom doesn't have fun playing against me uh but he has fun playing against you why is he not a fun playing against you uh because i run 16 trap cards and he doesn't run any back row hate but it wasn't the rock paper scissors though that you all that i'm the one who always beats dom 
and you're the one who always loses to him? That was it somehow, but when we were uh, out one day, we played some duels, and I just he just didn't even have anything going for him. So maybe he was drew he playing bad. the Cyber Dragon? He was playing the Cyber Dragon. They beat him both games. Really? Like, with no issue. Interesting. So, I don't know. It's possible I also learned that I can avoid caring about the kaijus if I just don't exceed. Because I don't really need to exceed. Just keep playing traps. So. So there you have it. All right. You ready to jump into the next part? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. That's magic talk for now. We took about a month off right before Persona 5 came out. Yeah. I think if I think it was the right time to to take a little step back as far as the podcast goes because we got some good games to talk about. Yeah, Persona 5 came out and I've been playing it. Not as much as I feel like I normally would play a game, but I think it is text heavy. So I I feel like also last time we played a Persona game was before either of us were working full time. True. <laughs> True. And it was on That's probably the Vita, which I feel like was a lot easier to just jump into. Yeah. Whereas True. Whereas on my PS4, I got to go set up my chair and blah, 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 and turn it on. So I have not played it nearly as much as I think I play other games. So compared to Zelda, I got through 60 hours of Zelda in two weeks. It's been three weeks yeah. of Persona, and I'm 32 hours in. I think I'm even less than that. I haven't pl- I've been playing less Persona than even you. I just Although, but the th- to the be fair dungeon. though, I've been using I've been using this time to catch up on games that I missed in the early parts of the year. That's fair. Um, uh, but yeah, so I beat we'll the talk third about dungeon. Later, uh, have you you have not beaten the second one, correct? I am on the boss of the second one. Okay. That's where I left off, and I have not gone back. I had planned on using today to play more persona but i played near instead <laughs> yeah it's fine it's, it's near a good is, game near is really pulling me in oh good i'll be talking about near probably next week when i've had some more time with it but sweet but yeah good. so persona 5 i'm about a third of the way through a little under that it's about 100 mm-hmm. hours it's not a exaggeration that is what it is yeah it's buck wild how long that uh, game is yeah but the game is also buck wild True. It's great. Yeah, it's a great JRPG. Probably one of the better ones I've played altogether. I mean, I I don't play a lot of classic stuff, and so in terms of modern stuff, it's definitely among. The I've greats. played I've played a decent number of classic JRPGs, and Persona Five is in my prob in certainly in my top ten. Yeah, I I think it 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 potentially gets in. Well, it's tough to say because I'm only on the second dungeon. I will say right now. As of right now, I prefer Persona 4. So yeah, I went through that debate in my head for a little bit where I think while I was in it, especially that first dungeon, I was like, Persona 5, is it going to be better than Persona 4? I think at the end of the day, Persona 4 is still slightly better. But but, but neither of us, I don't think, have gotten to the real meat and potatoes of that story. Are you like like Are you caught up to where... Like, are, are you past the flashback? No. So, See, I feel like, I think that's where the story of Persona 5 really kicks into high gear. So I'm going to reserve judgment until then. So, but, I don't want to get too much into spoilers, but the basic right. premise of the game is you are these phantom thieves who go into the psyche of bad people and steal their distorted desires. And so in the first, like, ten minutes of the game, you are your character is captured by the police. And you are being interrogated and essentially reliving the events that led up to that point. And so where it's light spoilers, I guess, but it's what I'm going to say. I'm almost positive the part at which you take back control of that scene is essentially towards the very end of the game. Oh, you think so? I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. So, everything before that interrogation is building up your team, is interacting with, like, all eight of your side character, of your companions. Then you Mm. get to that interrogation scene, which is you probably taking on the main opposing force. And then after that scene is probably that final dungeon, 
is what I'm anticipating. That's not what I was thinking at all, but yeah, that could that makes would make sense though. Yeah, because you have to consider you're doing eight at least eight dungeons prior, which is just each like character story. Yeah. So by that time you're getting close to that hundred hour mark. Well, I I was thinking there's no guarantee that you don't assemble your team after the in the running with the police. Like there's there's nothing so far. There's nothing that says your team is fully assembled when yeah you're caught because when in that intro scene you only interact with the core the core four essentially core five uh i you you see the silhouettes talking to you of more than your core five do you yeah oh i must be misremembering then so because i i was looking at each of the character before i finally like played the game i noticed Mm. the silhouettes were different the voices all blend together, but the silhouette character model they show you with that voice changes to more than just the five. Ah, uh, so I'm pretty oh, me, sure yeah, that probably at least makes sense most then, of your group is. If anything, mm-hmm. maybe one or two, but I don't think so. So that's kind of what I'm anticipating for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so far, it's been pretty good. I. So back to the Persona 4 thing, the reason I'm pretty sure this game's not going to beat Persona 4 in terms of overall game, the gameplay clearly does, from the dungeons to the combat, it all is better than Persona 4. Yeah. But the dungeons in terms of story are, I feel like Persona 4 is a steady increase. Like, it just keeps getting better and better. Persona 5 has highs and lows. So its first dungeon is a high point, and then it drops, and then it drops. and I'm, You think so? Yeah, and then this fourth dungeon, I think, is another high point. But the third dungeon, in terms of story, subpar. The third dungeon, yeah, I remember you saying that was subpar. I was referring to the second. The second dungeon, I think, maybe, may, I, maybe story-wise, the first dungeon was better. But I think in dungeon design, the second dungeon had some really cool stuff going on. Yeah, no, uh, I'm, I'm sticking strictly to story right now, which mm. uh, is kind of more Persona's bread and butter. True, it's a very yeah. much a narrative-based game, whereas JRPG kind of takes a backseat to the fact that you're playing to live out that those high school days and interact with these other characters and all this stuff. Mm. And so in terms of story... I, it has highs and lows, whereas Persona 4 is a steady increase, a ramp up to this overarching story that does pay off. That's and fair. So yeah. It's too early to say how Persona 5 pays off. But I think it Persona 4 was just this perfect blend that I don't know they could ever truly recapture again. But sure. Persona 5 Persona is probably pretty close. very, very good. It is. And I think I like the characters individually better in Persona 5 personally. Yeah, I think right out of the gate the the to keep it to keep it vague, the best friend character is like 50,000 times better than Yosuke. Oh, 100% because he's like a mix between he's takes that Yosuke place but is a little closer to a Kanji and Kanji is one of the best characters in Persona 4. Yes. He's not he's Ryuji is no Kanji, don't get me wrong, but he is taking from some of his aspects. Yeah. For sure, and he's, he's just I, a better all best, better, better best friend. It doesn't take much to be better than Yosuke, but Ryuji is better. Yeah, <laughs> by a considerable margin. Yeah. So, and then, but then, like Teddy to Morgana, love Morgana. Teddy is just he's, Teddy. <laughs> Teddy's fucking top tier. He's insane, especially when you get to the part. Spoilers for Persona Four, I guess. Teddy comes, he's a beautiful blonde boy. He's a beautiful boy. <laughs> and he comes out of that soup the first time naked. He's just this beautiful blonde boy. And now, I to lose be fair, it. to be fair, Teddy, bit of a sex pest, but still pretty top tier boy. Yeah, Morgana's a little bit the same, but just towards uh, On. Oh, yeah, he loves, he's in love with On. Yeah. But uh, it's. So we got a little, you know, like, eh, compared to Persona 5, Persona 4, it's one of those things where the difference is pretty small 
Persona Five is excellent. Oh yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want that conversation to sound like it's taking away from what Persona Five is. Persona Five, one definitely one of the best JRPGs, in the way that it's evolved throughout time and taken sort of cues outside of the JRPGs, in terms of the the infiltration, the dungeons themselves feel super modern and not something while a lot of jrpgs come out and still fail feel a little archaic Mm. this is a the correct evolution where it's not things don't need to be procedurally generated and i feel like the part of the game that does have procedurally generated dungeons is my least favorite part in the entire game mementos don't like it whereas you like mementos i don't whereas the actual palaces I enjoy because they are a set design that you have to learn and figure out for yourself. That's fair. Mementos, I put headphones on and I wait till I get to my destination because it doesn't matter the environments. They're just random hallways. So what was the point? I like Mementos. They're they're (laughs) they're just battle hallways. (laughs) Yeah, I know, but I like the combat. I like, I like, uh, that kind of speaks more to what i enjoy in games and i play a lot of classic jrpgs and stuff where like the grind is a part of the game like that's i like the grind i just think the grind in the palaces is so much more interesting because you are just taking out one guy at a time going through this dungeon where mm-hmm. mementos yeah. is just what does it matter you, you I don't think need it's a to... fun little side thing yeah you don't need even the the generate always just say oh you got to fight five guys before you get to the boss it's all the same essentially because the mm. Mementos location just doesn't matter. Yeah, but you get to ride around in the Morgana bus, so. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't fix its problems, but well, it is it cool. It fixes it a little bit. No, nah, not bit. really. <laughs> it's cool, don't get me wrong. Love the Morgana bus. It Morgana makes no bus sense. Is good, it's good stuff. I, you know, I don't, I'm not going to say it will ever make sense. I just hope they don't ever mention, like, he turns into a bus. It's cool. <laughs> It's fine. Don't worry about it. It reminds me of a Scooby-Doo, the little mystery machine. Except yeah. it's a cat. That's why I'll, yeah. Uh, but, I'm into it. I'm but, definitely uh, it's it. a it's an excellent game. It's definitely going to be in the game of the year talks. For sure. Oh, yeah. For for me, it's it's Zelda or Persona. I, I, I see very little chance anything else this year even comes close to being in a, a contention for number one. I'm not sure which one of those wins yet, but I think Persona Zelda is like, that's unless Mario Odyssey comes out and really just fucking blows me away. Yeah. I think that's the only um, unknown quantity right now. I, I also don't Cause like believe... I've, I've played a lot of great games this year. Like I've played Resident Evil. I've played near, I'm going to play Prey next month. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I'm going to have a great time playing. But I think that upper, that next level game of the year, it's got to be Zelda or Persona. Yeah. And Mario, I, yeah, of what we know so far, which is most of the stuff, Mario's the only one that can come out and change that. It's the unknown quantity at yeah. this point. So, but yeah, that's, that's kind of all I have to say right now. I'm having a good time. I right before this podcast, I beat the third dungeon, and so I'm in the off time where I'm just, st- I'm trying, I, the class president's, president's bay, but let me warn you, Rick. So I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna give you a hint. If you don't have the knowledge, to, you can't date her. Oh, knowledge is the easiest thing I think to level up. I leveled up knowledge. I've been focusing so much Nothing. on guts that I my knowledge is only at two. So I went to go talk to her, and she's like, you know, you should probably worry about your studies instead of me. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. So I'm, I'm torn between class president or punk rock doctor. I'm not sure if you can bone down on the punk rock doctor. I think you can. And I, God, and I am going to try. I know there's romantic dialogue options i don't know what it ends up as i am going in on that punk rock doctor she is pretty sweet big time (laughs) but yeah so that's all i have to say 
Mm. You ready to hop mm. into this this final mm. little section? Yeah, I, I want to talk. I you beat RE7 a while ago. Um, I just beat it thanks to Devin's Rock and Rentals, mm-hmm. uh, a new service I've been testing out uh, where I rent games uh, for the low low price of a few McDonald's cheeseburgers. Uh, and we haven't really I, worked out the price <laughs> model yet. I would I'm imagining it to. will come down to a few McDonald's cheeseburgers. Here's the problem. I guess I guess it's all the same. If I'm not spending money on food, I'm spending it on magic. So if I ask, if I say, throw me a couple bucks for magic money, it's all the same because I still got to buy food. Sure, You're still sure. going to buy some grub. The grub is fine. We've discussed it now on this podcast. I let you play my games for grub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I played Devin's games in exchange for grub. And um, so I played RE7 recently, Beater. Uh, and I think I think it's I've played a decent amount of I've played a decent amount of all the Resident Evils that matter. I've Which played are? I've played a good chunk of one. I've beaten four. I've uh I've beaten five though I'm not gonna necessarily say that's one that matters. It does um, in the way that it just kind of pooped on everything. I guess insofar as like an academic discussion of like where the series shifted, it was five where it shifted. I guess, I guess you could say you could argue that four is where it started to shift, but that implies that four did it incorrectly. Four did it perfectly, yeah, and I- then five was like let's shit on what four did well four is the beginning of the shift and five is cementing the shift yeah um and six is just throwing up on it six is throwing up on it and i've played seven so i've played the ones that i in my opinion are important um and i think seven is one of the better definitely probably probably one of the best ones i've played not as good as four um i put it in i mean it's seven games so it's not saying much it's definitely my top three I'd put it at number two. Number two? Mm-hmm. Although, I, that said, I haven't beaten Resident Evil, the original, and that's my number three. So maybe when I go, eventually go back and beat it, that will change. But I think Resident Evil 7 is a... It's it's an almost flawless modernization of oh, yeah, 100%. Resident Evil 1. It it The only fault I would give it is I think the molded were very poor substitutes for the zombies in 1. Um, I they lack. I'm gonna start off with the negative. My only real negative with the game is the molded because I think they lack any kind of impact, especially towards the end of the game where you're just mowing them down and they throw ammo at you like it's nothing. Yeah. It the it takes the scares from Resident Evil and the tension comes from well Resident Evil Seven I should say comes from the main Baker family members from Daddy Marguerite. Uh, Lucas not so much because he's kind of in the background Um, but and it it falters when it comes to the the more minute encounters with enemies and Resident Evil 1 excelled at those minute encounters by making them keep that tension throughout the game especially like early on with daddy everything you do with him is nuts yeah it's tense so I want to. Um, oh, so just real quick with the daddy. There's a section early on where you're evading him, and I knew he can bust through this wall. But I was playing mm-hmm. with our friends Raph and Justin, mm-hmm. and they had gone a different way around to the fact that they had never really gone down that hallway, or right. they they went down it and it didn't happen. I believe. I know, because you, you go under, I think of this part, you can go underneath and you can avoid that hallway entirely for a section. And when they mm-hmm. went down that hallway, I had already forgotten he busts through the wall as well. And so he <laughs> busts through and scares all of us. And I'm like, oh my, <laughs> this, this freaking guy is awesome because he's just chasing you through this manor. I, I kind of saw, I saw that particular scene as an homage to uh, the scene in in one where the dog jumps yeah jumps you in the hallway yep. I saw that as like a, a perfect parallel and a, a perfect like modernization of that concept 
That's so. That's uh, the thing. Um, I was listening to the Besties podcast for, mm-hmm. and I believe it was for January. They discussed Resident Evil Seven, and they had made a point that it somehow managed to become the greatest hits of Resident Evil in a way. Yeah. As the game, the game kind of progresses through every stage of Resident Evil up until then, to the point where its ending kind of hits those Resident Evil five and six moments, where you're just gunning down stuff. And it's kind of yeah, weird how it manages that. That's a that's a good way to put it, and it it also it 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 fits in with my with my argument that the end of the game is not particularly good. I don't mind uh, the end of the game. I feel like it's that ramp. Once you hit, you kind of know when you've hit the point of okay, this slow and steady stuff is over, and we're heading towards this finish line. And I don't mind mm. that it hands you the assault rifle and says go. I didn't so much have a problem with the assault rifle because it was still a relatively weak weapon. Well, I mean, the assault rifle did. symbolizes that that turning point. That that idea of this is now going to be a bit more actiony, yeah, a bit like more we're heading combat. To, this oriented. is the last fifth of the game. It's it is what I, it is. I th- I think it kind of all comes down to the fact that I think I would have been more okay with that. If the molded were more yeah. satisfying enemies, I feel like that. the the Ganado in four were very had a very visceral feel. Like when you killed them, like their their heads exploded and they lost limbs, and sometimes the parasite would just like spurt out of their neck and they turn yeah. into this creature. And you don't and always know when that's gonna happen. And it was random; you didn't know. And it was like this grotesque thing, and it, but the molded are just kind of these black goo creatures, and like yeah, I can shoot their arm off, but like yeah, they're generic kind of horror monsters, which is unfortunate. It's it's that to me, the molded are incredibly disappointing. The more I the more I talk about it and think about it, the more disappointed I get in the molded. Honestly, like I think even in the beginning of the game, they're unsatisfying. They're more of a nuisance, and then they become not a nuisance they become just fodder they're never they're 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 never good encounters yeah early on they're bullet sponges to an annoying degree and then later on they just don't matter there's you just they don't you, just, you shoot them or you run past them it doesn't like at that point you're you have remote bombs and you have all this other shit like it doesn't matter at all yeah but it didn't but it didn't affect the beginning of the game as much for me because you still had daddy and marguerite kind of patrolling around and Oh, that's Stuff another like, good little side, little side story. Uh, Marguerite's boss battle. Oh uh, yeah, if you that's go, a good fight. If you go a certain direction at the start of it, after the stairway, mm-hmm. oh god, it's awful. I don't even want to relive it. All you hear is her say, "Don't look up," and you, uh, you obviously you look oh, up and she stares yeah. at you, and I lose it. That happened. That happened to me when Sam and I played, and it freaked yeah. me out. Oh my god, I. So when I hit that moment, I literally I texted Justin because I was playing the game with him uh, off and on, and we hadn't got to that part in our playthrough, and I was like, no, no, we can't, we can't keep playing this game. It's over. It's done. It's over. I can't do it. Oh boy, that that moment got me. Probably the best in the whole game because it's just like creepy. Don't look up. Yeah. You gotta yeah, look up. Was, you gotta look up. And she's just staring at you through a hole in the roof. She's looking. Yeah, she doesn't even attack you right no, away. She just looks at you. Oh, wild, scary game. stuff. Yeah, definitely um, one of the better Resident Evils. But like I said, the molded suck. But I think the it was kind of a return to form as far as puzzle solving goes. Um, like the the keys for the different doors, and you're collecting like snake heads to or dog heads to create the three-headed dog to open the door and stuff like that is like very classic resident evil which uh, so another point i want to make there is the game doesn't feel like classic resident evil it's prologue essentially what it is that first hour feels Mm. way different into the point it feels like uh, just a first person horror where you just move you keep moving forward there's not a lot of puzzle solving and then when it opens up to that section is when you right. can really feel all of the homages and all of the, like, the uh, the fact they were they were very much, they knew this was it. They had to get it right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the prologue, the prologue for me was maybe just a little bit too long. It was a little too long. Uh, 
but I. But I then, yeah, once it opened, I liked it from a storytelling perspective, but it was a little bit, it dragged a little bit. But Definitely. once it opened up and you got into the puzzle solving and you were exploring the Baker House and the, I want to, I want to say too, the level design in seven was I, I think maybe the, the best it's ever been in Resident Evil. I think four had really good level design, but four kind of had you going from linear area to linear area and experiencing different zones, all of which had completely, you know, competent level design and they were felt good to explore. But seven has you kind of looping back on things and like moving it Resident Evil Seven's puzzle solving does not move in a straight line. It very much doubles back on itself and like winds and and works its way through the this big environment also that you can kind of explore really well compared to one that is the same concept with the mansion, but its pacing's pretty poor. And that mm. because of your inventory limitations, you're always running back to a safe room. Back if you're doing one thing, you go back to a safe room. You do one, whereas Seven understood how to pace it in a way that you weren't constantly. You were you you were solving the puzzles and you didn't feel that need to have to run back to a safe room and break the immersion in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I the I'll say the the Baker main house that level di- design is like it's up it's top tier. It's top tier, really for sure. good to the point where you keep going back to that mansion for something new. Mm-hmm. And it's just like wow. I think yeah that's. I think the Baker House is top tier, and I think the whole Lucas section is, from a design perspective, is top tier. Definitely. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to say any more about the Lucas section because even though it's been out for a while, I'm fine with spoiling some stuff. But the Lucas section, I think, is my favorite part of the game. Yeah. Something you should go into blind. And it's still interesting to me that you uh, didn't particularly do everything to experience the Lucas section the best that it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, I missed that. I missed that piece. Yeah, which I... And I still got through it, but... Yeah, and that piece gives a... To the part we were talking about, gives a complete story reason for it all to fit together right. Yeah, it's really neat. Because you had to do a little trial and error essentially but that trial and error is done for you in a way that is very nice right and it's it's also has that pacing as well where it's it leaves enough time that when you finally you have you have an idea but when you get there is when it all is like okay all right this is cheeky yeah so that's what makes that area just like dope so Good yeah, game. I think that's yeah. That's 2017, all. Twenty I... seventeen, man. Twenty seventeen is not pulling any punches. We've had tell you four that right now. months of just killer games, and then the biggest failure of the year. Mass the biggest Effect. failure of the year. Will it? Prey has the potential to be to overshadow Mass Effect as the biggest failure. If Prey flops, I don't. I don't think know what Prey I'll do. Will flop. I don't think. I don't think it'll flop either. But I'm saying, if it were to flop, devastating. Yeah, but I still don't think it. Mass Effect will still be this year's. Nothing's going to surpass it in being, like, the crappiest thing of the year to happen. I don't know. If you were paying attention, Mass Effect was kind of... Writing was on the walls there. I had hope that it wouldn't but that's, that's be the like thing. that. But When the writing is on the wall on something that is as big as that, that is why it takes the biggest stinker at True. the end. It's Mass Effect. No one wanted yeah. to see it. It is a big stinker, isn't it? And so that's why it's, that Mass Effect will still hit harder, Mass Effect Four after the Mass Effect trilogy, than Prey mm. will, which is a reboot with, it's a completely different game with just the Prey name. That's true. And also, I don't think Prey will be bad. I don't think it necessarily has to be good, but at the same time, it's coming from. But Bethesda, their side games have not really been letting anyone down. Yeah, and Doom. I, I imagine Prey at the bare minimum will stack up with like Wolfenstein and um, Dishonored. Dishonored, yeah, could Those are be all... a little bit better than Prey, but I think it's going still a fit in that area, which is still a good game. 
it might not For be sure. perfect or great or excellent, but it's going to be good, I think. It has a high chance to just still be good. God, I hope so. It, it that sure game looks is like right up my alley. Great. That game is right up my alley. Unfortunately, Bethesda does not do review copies anymore, so we won't know how good it is until after release. Normally, I'm true. I like buying games day one, but I normally have reviews to to, to make back sure, it up a little bit. Yeah, that I'm into the idea. I mm-hmm. cannot, in good conscience, buy Prey day one. Yeah, especially since it's a story based thing. Yeah, with like it's got its system shock influences. And, oh boy, I want it. I want it bad. Yep, I'm excited, but well, we just got to see on that one. The moment I hear great things, though. Oh, yeah. I've got the a moment, best the moment gift I, card. I'm ready. I just need to see the numbers. As, yep. If I'm seeing eights and nines, I'm going dark. I'm not reading a single review because I don't want to know. I'm yeah. just going in. I'm buying it. Yep. That's it. Even if if even, if it's more likely in the seven to eights range, but that's it's consistent there. Yeah, I would I'll, still go buy it. It's still a type of game that I like above everything else in terms of the genres that I'm willing mm-hmm. to willing to buy that. Yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, I'd say that's about it for us today. Yeah, it was a good, good uh, reintroduction to the to the cast. We'll be back to uh, season weekly two, season two. We'll be back to weekly entries. Um, should go up Wednesday morning every week. Um, definitely will be up on iTunes Wednesday morning. YouTube might be a little bit later, just based on, depending on, you know, upload how fast I can upload and, and how quickly YouTube processes it and what have you. But, but yeah, definitely on iTunes and, like, other podcast services Wednesday morning. YouTube maybe a couple hours later, but still Wednesday. Um. So, yeah, uh, I think that's about it. You can find us over at thedigiquest.com. You can find the podcast there, articles we write. Um, scope it out. Got some Leave a few comments. deck techs up at the moment. Got some deck techs up. We'll have some more articles going up uh, this week. Um, you want to know something upsetting? Hmm. My Trap Tricks deck tech is our most viewed page. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not great, is it? It's not great, <laughs> That's all we got in Yu-Gi-Oh. Actually, that's the thing. Between our Yu-Gi-Oh posts I made, the deck, the trap tricks, and my introduction to Link Monsters, and even your Magnet one, that is where all of our views are. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah, it's rough. We got to get better at SEO. Uh, yes, we do need to do that, but I think there's a, there's a niche there in our Yu-Gi-Oh stuff that we might be ignoring. Unfortunately, that game sucks. Yeah, and it's probably why people are willing to come to the DigiQuest. <laughs> so like, well, they don't have anywhere else to go. It's either Pojo, some YouTube channels, or our, or our lads at the DigiQuest, huh? <laughs> Giving us the hot scoops on trap tricks. On how Konami is fucking us this week. So that's something that we I got to consider. Keeping up with my trap tricks, maybe. Keeping those views coming. Letting the people know. Trap People Tricks are still alive. the greatest deck of all time. They really Trap Tricks are just great. They are great. Good shit. Good stuff. But uh, yeah, so DigiQuest, thanks for listening. Thanks for... It's not really watching on YouTube at this point because it's probably going to be a picture of the lads yeah. doing the thing. I might try... I think for next week, I might try and this week play some video games and record it on the, on the old Elgato. Ooh. And then try and just have a little something going in the background. That'd be cool. I think eventually I want to have, if we do game-based discussion, I want to have, uh, eat, when we're discussing that game, have gameplay of that game in the background. That might that won't probably be next week because I need a little bit more time to 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 figure that out. But yeah, but, uh, but eventually, eventually that's that's what I want to have with it. Cool. Sounds good. So yeah, there you All have right, it, buddy. We, uh, I had suggested hitting that thirty-minute to forty-five-minute mark. We're at an hour, so let's call it a day. Let's call it a day. It was fun, Rick. Uh, you know, uh, to you, to all of the listeners, 
to everyone out there. Just try not to die. We need that web traffic. <laughs>